welcome to the Of The Earth Podcast. This is a place where we take time from our busy lives to remember the planet we're living on, the relations that support us, and our sense of belonging as children of this beautiful Earth. I'm your host, Mariana Rittenhouse. Simply put, I'm a woman who sees life where others don't and teach humans to do the same. I do this by leading tea ceremonies, teaching personal tea ritual, and mentoring women in their spiritual reawakening to the earth. I created the Of The Earth podcast to re-inspire your innate connection to Mother Nature, so you can find deeper meaning in life and truly remember why you're here. Because even if you don't believe it, you belong. You really do. Thank you so much for being, and thank you for being here. Let's dig into today's episode. I woke up this morning with visions of different versions of myself. Ones from the past, from this crazy life I've already lived. I remembered a boyfriend from my mid-twenties an apartment I used to live in, in a six-story walk-up. But most vividly, I remembered me at my first job, running around, working nonstop, ascribing universal importance to things that were actually irrelevant. I feel heat rising in embarrassment as I think of how silly all that was, the way I used to live, the way I thought I could change the world though I was actually just fully embedded in the system. I didn't know it was stupid then. And while that may sound harsh, I really do neutrally believe that my efforts were stupid. (laughs) And people around me were too kind to burst the naive and innocent bubbles that I operated in. But nevertheless, I know now how frivolous things were back then. Maybe these are things we can only know with age and the courage it takes to change and grow. I'm curious why these feelings arose today. Shame or not, I have no regrets because every move has brought me closer to where I am now. In a bed, in a hotel, in Norway. I've never been to Norway before, and right now I'm waking up after sleeping 11 hours in an attempt to foil the jet lag that is sure to overcome me at any moment. And what's more disorienting than the unknown hotel room are these versions of myself that are spinning around in my awareness. Why are they here? And why am I here? How did I get here to this little room in snowy Oslo where the sun hasn't risen yet, even though it's well past 8 a.m.? Unfortunately, we all live in the present. I'll probably have to wait 10 more years for the wisdom of today's version of me to finally set in, though I have a feeling I won't be looking back with embarrassment as I did this morning, but rather with pride. Pride for this woman I am today who is heading into the unknown. The woman who doesn't need to understand why she's doing the things she's doing. She just trusts 
that her soul has a good enough reason. The one in me who no longer needs to be good or perfect. She sat on the sidelines for too long and has now courageously taken on the role of eternal beginner. So, wisdom aside, here I am, having tea in my hotel room in Oslo, watching the sun rise, and I would like to share with you a bit about how I got here. This is a very special episode of Of the Earth, where I'll share about my life in real time. This isn't super common for me as I'm a pretty private person and tend to share things openly once they've been truly processed and integrated, which sometimes can take years. I'm feeling, however, like I don't want to be alone in my story right now. So I'm going to share the story of how this adventure came to be with you today. And then I'm going to continue sharing my journey over the next year with you in a private members-only section of Substack. You can sign up and follow along with me on this journey, and hopefully it will encourage you to follow your own adventurous heart that is longing to return to the earth. More details on that in the end. Okay, let's get into this story. This is one of those stories where it's hard to know where it even begins. While I used to operate in a linear timeline, think about this stupid version of me that I mentioned. (laughs) My life for the past decade has been about operating in a circle. And when you're moving in a circle, there is no beginning or end. Even this morning, as I sat with vivid memories of my 22-year-old self creating recipes using kind bars in my first job, I was curious if life was trying to show me that there is a link between where I was then and where I find myself now. I wonder, what was it that happened in those moments that contributed to what I'm doing now? I mean, there's got to be a reason why those memories surfaced, and it's always so fun to connect the dots in a circle. But either way, who knows? All I know is that when we start embracing the circleness of life, every minute detail takes on meaning that we cannot understand with our minds. But we never want to take them for granted. Whether we figure it out or not, it's all contributing to the grand plan of our lives. So for the purposes of today, I'll say that this story starts on a snowy day in early November 2022 knowing that in fact things from before then are important and after then are important. So don't mind the circling timelines. If I shared this story in another 10 years, it might start and end in completely different places. Here we go. So on this day in early November 2022, I went up to a student slash friend's home in Lyons, Colorado. She lives out there on a beautiful piece of land that's home to elks, deer, wild turkeys, and the like. I love it out there. At the time, I was running a small group program, and those of us that live locally decided to gather for a tea ceremony, dinner, and to play with lavender. She also has a huge field of lavender on her land, and the harvest that year was bountiful. 
It was really cold, and we just had our first crazy snowstorm. And after tea, we realized that the power had gone out. There was no cell service at our house, and there was no ETA from the electric company. So rather than cook, we decided to cut the evening short and head about 20 minutes into town to eat at a restaurant. As I was pulling up to the restaurant, I felt horror sink in as I realized I left my purse at her house. I didn't think I'd brought it in with me, and I didn't even think to check. And it wasn't the purse that was the problem. It was what was in the purse. I had left my e-reader there. (laughs) Now, this may not seem like a big deal to most people, but I love my e-reader. I don't read physical copies of books very often because I find the font way too small for my eyes. And I just freaking live or die by my e-reader. And not only that, but I was about to finish a great novel. Literally, I had like one chapter to go and I'd been looking forward to it all day. I just wanted to curl up in bed when I got home, finish my book and fall asleep at like 9 p.m like a good grandma in November. (laughs) On top of that, it was really snowy and the roads weren't plowed and I didn't have snow tires on my car yet. So the extra 20 minutes there and 20 minutes back on top of my trip home, it just seemed dangerous and not worth it in the dark. She told me she would bring me my purse in the morning when she came to Boulder, which was great. But still, I was so sad to miss out on my book. So when I got home after a lovely dinner, I had no idea what to do with myself because my night might as well have been ruined. (laughs) I had me, my cozy bed, my cozy cats, but no book. And I'm sure you can all relate to this when you have some good fiction you just can't put down. I was so frustrated. And so in this grumpy rebellion, I went downstairs to my bookshelf to find something else to read for the evening. Tom Brown Jr.'s book, Tom Brown's Guide to Healing the Earth, immediately jumped out at me. It was curious because I didn't know much about it. I'd bought it five months earlier at a shop in Denver. I was there with a friend and I kept picking it up in different places of the store thinking it was a different book. And my friend finally said, Mariana, Just buy the book. You're supposed to have it, obviously. And so I picked it up and took it to bed with me and started reading. If you haven't read this book, it's really beautiful and I definitely recommend it. I didn't know anything about it, as I mentioned, and I hadn't realized that it was the same author as The Tracker and Tom Brown's Guide to Wilderness Survival, both of which I've heard so much about over the years but had never dug into myself. As I started to put two and two together, I remembered a different book that was similar, and I'd found it in a small bookstore in Santa Fe in the early days of the pandemic. I really enjoyed that book, and I'd wanted to check out what the author was doing and what programs they had, but when I looked them up, since it was the beginning of the pandemic, there was nothing running for obvious reasons. I only got two pages into Tom Brown's book when I remembered the other one. And I was like, hmm, let me look him up and see if there's anything happening. 
Turns out their programs were back on. And what they specialized in is a year-long program where you live outside with the earth in community, living only with what the earth provides. You learn to build your shelters, make fire, you fish, establish community, forage food, etc., all through primitive ways of living. And honestly, it was as simple as that. I was in bed, as I said, two pages into Tom Brown's book with this other website up on my phone, and I immediately knew what was true. I had found my next step. I was going to go live on the earth for a year. What better way to truly know her? It felt like the thing my soul had been yearning for for my entire life. I was one million percent in. The next day, when I met up with my friend to get my purse back, I said to her, leaving my bag at your house changed my life. And she said, you know what? I was thinking about it this morning, and I thought that might be the case. I reached out to the organization, was scheduled for an interview a few days later, and that was that. I had a great conversation with them, and they said I was a great fit for the program, and I was just ready to sign up. There was one catch, though. Their next program was starting in May, and unfortunately, I had a program I was leading that ran until June, so I wasn't going to be able to get there at the start. It felt really important for me to finish the program that I was leading with integrity and not change anything because it was based on a one-year cycle of the seasons. And as I was creating it, that kept coming through so strongly. I'd be like, should this program be nine months, 10 months, eight months? And it was, the universe was saying, it must be one year. It must be one year. It must be a full circle. So I ended up letting them know and committing to the next program, which would have been starting in a few months from now. That means I had 18 months to prepare, and honestly, that felt like a good amount of time for it. I mean, this program was (laughs) completely foreign to me. The idea of going to live outside for that long was something I was definitely going to need to emotionally, mentally, and spiritually prepare for. I was going to have to set a lot of things up in my life in order to go off grid in a good way. I had to get my finances in order, figure out what I was going to do with my cats, wrap up work in a good way, get all my gear, and really just prepare for such a big rite of passage. So yeah, while 18 months felt a little long, it also felt right, and I was okay with that. Usually I'm way more spontaneous, but I had never been preparing to do something that meant so much to me. I was so happy about finding this that as I would share with people, I would just tear up. (laughs) I needed the time to prepare myself for a legitimate initiation and rite of passage because that's exactly what this was. It felt so sacred and I was so ready. I slowly started to tend to all that I needed in my life. I got clear with when I would offer my programs again and started communicating that I would be going on a sabbatical for a year. I chose dates for my retreats and programs so they would all be complete by the end of March 2024. This would give me a month to just prepare after work was wrapped up and head to the woods. And I just really got to it. I was clear and I was motivated. 
here in Boulder, I created Ponderosa Tea House so that people could be trained and it could continue to run without me and our community would have access to healing ceremonies while I was away. I really didn't want to leave the community that I'd built abandoned in that way. I got a housemate and she moved in with time so that my cats could get used to her and so that she could see like, is this a right fit? Is it not? And we wanted to make sure in advance that it would work out so she could live in my home as a temporary steward of the land, of the temple, and of course, of the feline. And even though I was stepping into a relationship, it was with the knowing that it would likely just be for a year as I was definitely going away. And my boyfriend, I will say, is a very happy supporter of this work. I spent more time outside and started tracking weather more carefully, especially because I was nervous about living in the cold season outside. So when it was cold by my house, I would envision myself living in this temperature, not just being outside in it temporarily. I really started inviting nature in on a deeper level, into my bones and cells, realizing I wouldn't be able to leave it as easily as we do in our modern world. It's funny, my friend Ranieta came about a month after I decided to go live in the woods, and she grew up in Siberia. So man, I was asking her so many questions about what it was like to be in the cold, how we'd survive it, how I would... (laughs) feel. (laughs) And she is not a fan of the cold. So it was really fascinating to get that information from her up front. But it was fun in general, envisioning this and starting to just, I don't know, kind of freak out with glee (laughs) about being outside was, yeah, just a really sweet invitation into my life. And so I also walked the land more than I ever have before and prepared emotionally to be away for a year. I really love my home and my land, and I've become so close with all the beings there over the past six years, so it felt like a big deal to leave them. And so with every seed I planted in my garden, every veggie I harvested last summer, when every flower that sprouted in the spring or with every skinny dip I enjoyed in the creek, I just actively appreciated knowing that I wouldn't be there for the next season. And I just, I wanted to memorize all of it. I didn't want to take a second for granted, and I just soaked it all up with every fiber of my being. And, you know, I'd look over my land with such tenderness, just really feeling, wow, am I not going to see you next year? How is it going to be when I'm back? What am I going to miss? It was a year of full devotion and preparation for this. I didn't tell many people, just those closest to me, my friends and then my family, and then my closest students. And every single person mirrored the same thing. Of course, this was it. It makes perfect sense. They're so happy and they could totally see me doing this as the next step on my journey. But then when I started to share it more publicly, not by saying what I was going to be doing, but just by sharing that I would be on a sabbatical and fully offline for a year starting in May, I started to get nervous. Something didn't feel right. 
I started to wonder if I was putting too much energy to this. What if something happened? What if I didn't go? And I started to have this like little thought, what if I'm not going? What if I'm not going? And I just told all these people that I am going (laughs) and just something fell out of integrity. Yet when those thoughts would come to me, my feeling was that it wasn't really about anything other than the fear that I would be rejected, that they were, that they told me that I was in and then they were going to come back and say, nope, you have no outdoor experience and we can no longer accept you. It's funny. It kind of reminded me of college application processes where, you know, as kids, we're just constantly rejected and it's so mean, (laughs) but then I remembered that this sweet earth-based program wasn't like college or our modern society. They didn't get off on rejecting people and being elite. They meant what they said and I was in and they cared. So then I would just put that out of my head and encourage myself to see the situation with loving eyes and rest in the knowing that I was determined, capable, and ready. I felt like this a lot of last summer, and I just kept playing with these feelings. Nothing bad is going to happen. Everything's great. You got this. It's your choice, and you've chosen in. But there's no harm in double-checking, right? (laughs) So I scheduled another call with the leader of the program. In general, we'd been checking in every few months, but it had been a while, and I wanted to put my mind at ease. When we finally got on, one of the first things he said to me was that he had been dreading this conversation for a while. Uh Uh-oh. My blood went cold. And no, I wasn't being rejected. It was worse. The program was canceled for the following years. I'm not kidding. Of all the years it's been around, which is over 20 This was the only time they'd canceled it. I was shocked. And honestly, I didn't see it coming. As much as I did see it coming, I didn't see it coming in that way. I mean, they'd found the people and had everything set for it. I know I wasn't the only one that was committed to going, but probably the person who had committed the farthest away to going. And I told everyone I'd done all the things. I was ready. I was taking a sabbatical. (laughs) Everyone knew. I had a housemate. My boyfriend and I knew we were going to break up. Everything was ready. How could it not be happening? I won't go into detail because it's not my business to share, but long story short, they were going through some organizational changes and needed to pause for a year. They told me I could always wait for the next year, but they were so sad because they knew how long and devotionally I'd been preparing. And I'm not going to lie, it felt good to have that reflected back to me. Otherwise, I might have felt foolish. I literally have never prepared for something more. Remember how I said I'm usually quite spontaneous? Yeah, well, this was the opposite. And it was a deep, deep prayer that got me to go to the lengths that I had in preparation. And also, if I'm being honest, when I felt into it, even then in that moment, it felt true for them. 
it felt true that they were taking a year off and that they needed this break. I couldn't fault them for it. I honestly could feel it in the months prior. Those feelings that kept happening of what if it doesn't happen were in alignment, timing-wise, with their decision-making. But nevertheless, I was sitting there on the other side of the Zoom call, tears in my eyes, unsure of how to even start to process this news. Why? Because even though this felt true for them, it didn't feel true for me. For me, waiting another year didn't make sense. The timing felt right and true to be going on this adventure now, in this year of my life. It wasn't just logistical, although everything was set up. It was more than that. I can't quite explain it. Maybe only the future will tell me why. But this time, this year, felt like right timing for my soul and being. In the moment, my deepest heartbreak was that I wouldn't receive the template of connection to the Earth Mother that I'd so been longing for. There was something very specific I was going there to receive. It wasn't just to say I did it or to learn skills, even though that would definitely happen, but rather it was to actually feel the Earth, to stop feeling afraid of her, to stop running inside when things get uncomfortable, literally. To actually be with her in all her expressions over the course of a year. And I felt desperate when the program got cancelled. I couldn't figure out how I would get that imprint. It was, people would say, what about a survival program? What about this program? What about that program? But it wasn't about the program. It was about the thing. Honestly, it was probably even about the amount of time I'd be out there. A year is slow enough to actually receive the thing that I wanted to receive. The longing was excruciating. (laughs) I wanted to become the woman on the other side of that program. I wanted to know what she knew and feel what she felt. To see the world through her eyes. And how could I do it now? I already knew that I was about to change, and I wanted to be that woman. I went through the world like a zombie for a few days. It was seriously like someone died. I couldn't quite connect to anything. I felt numb without even trying. I told my boyfriend and a couple of my best friends, but no one else. I couldn't bear to have a deeper conversation about what I was going to do, what other options were, or even to think about it logistically. I just floated between the worlds. And then after a few days of that, I got smacked with the flu. I got really sick, more sick than I've been in a long time. I had to cancel classes, which I never do. I had to cancel ceremonies. I was in bed for four days. And when I was finally able to function again, I felt like I'd gotten past it. I felt like through the flu, the universe slapped me across the face and yelled, snap out of it. It was like in that sickness, I integrated the truth that I wasn't going to live in the woods for a year. And that was that. It wasn't shocking anymore. I wasn't a victim anymore. I was ready to find my truth, which is not dependent 
on one specific program. And I will say, even though it was a really sweet and amazing program, and I have such a tender spot for for it in my heart. The other thing I realized is that I already am the woman on the other side of the program. Remember those timelines and circular living that I was talking about at the beginning? Well, sometimes we're already the person that we're becoming, and we can feel it more clearly than others. So fast forward to three months later, I find myself here in Norway, about to begin the adventures I was looking for in a completely new way. You know, the original program was really nice in the sense that it was set up for you and contained. And I just did get to go and stay in the same place the whole time and be and then leave. With, of course, so much beauty, learning and transformation throughout. But I didn't have to try so hard or put as much effort in as I do now. Now, however, I'm on a wild ride that doesn't have a beginning or an end. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what it's going to be like. I just know that I'm a yes, and I'm never going to wait again. When the opportunity arose, which, by the way, also had a one-month overlap with some of my programs, (laughs) I said to myself, I will never put my life on pause for work again. Now, work goes on pause, not life. Because what if I miss out? What if something happens? This connection to the earth I'm so longing for is primary in my life, not secondary. And I will move mountains to get there. I don't regret anything that happened. In many ways, this new adventure I'm going on feels much more in alignment. And honestly, I think I actually needed that time and that devotional preparation and the structure of the original program to get me ready for what I'm actually meant to be doing. But I know I won't push things off again. Maybe that's the switch that I felt in terms of becoming the woman that I would be on the other side of the program. Was one that doesn't wait. One that knows what's now is now. And that runs with the present moment. Now, there's already so much more to tell in this story. What happened in the past few months that got me here? Where am I going? What am I doing? How will things turn out and what's going to happen along the way? I am so looking forward to sharing about all of this with you. And I've decided to do so by creating a, I don't know what you want to call it, like a diary, a vlog, digital journal style area of Stubstack just for this. It will be members only and require a subscription, which supports not just content creation in this free podcast, but will also help support my life during this time of less work in order to spend more time on the earth. You can expect things like this episode, as well as written entries, photos, video entries, etc. You know, it's going to be much more raw because I won't have access to all of the technology that I have in order to create this podcast and will be much more real time. The shares will be vulnerable and intimate stories about my life as I am in the process of learning how to live on the earth. I'm so excited to share. 
Yet for my growth edges and desire for containment and privacy, I need to have a more intimate community to share with where I actually know who I'm talking to. It's also a great way to stay connected because over the next year, I'll be off of social media and not teaching as much. If you are a fuck yes to following along on this journey, just click upgrade to paid in the email or at marianarittenhouse.substack.com. And if you're not, it's all good. I'll still be putting out episodes of the podcast here and there, and those will always be free for you to enjoy. Okay, that's it for now. I hope you enjoyed this story and that it helped give you a taste for all that's coming and that it has you on the edge of your seat to follow along on this exciting adventure with me. I'm sending you lots of love and until next time, be well. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. To stay tuned for future podcasts and new offerings, sign up for my newsletter at marianarittenhouse.com. And if this episode resonated with you, I'd love to hear all about it. You can reach me on Instagram at Mariana de la Tierra. That's of the earth in Spanish. Oh, and if you're ever in Boulder, Colorado, you should definitely join us for tea. My students and I serve tea ceremonies two to three times a week at my home in the mountains, and we'd absolutely love to have you. You can see the schedule and sign up on the ceremony section of my website. I want to give special thanks to our beautiful Earth Mother and all of our relations for constantly inspiring me and this work. This beautiful podcast music was created by Castanea David Brown. As always, Thank you for being, and thank you for being here. Until next time.